0: from Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, They would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. We're very blessed musically in this church, aren't we? Uh, Sometimes it's great to have all the bells and whistles, but sometimes you just need a violin. That was a real blessing to us. I was just deeply touched by that, Maria. That was wonderful ministry, wonderful ministry to us. Well, uh, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in aliens? I'm kind of obsessed with all things like that, really. Uh, if there's a movie on the Yeti, I want to find it. I want to see that there's a Yeti somewhere. I, I, I want to be the person that actually discovers the Black Panther that's living somewhere in rural New South Wales. I'm very keen on the the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger uh, being found somewhere. I kind of like those oddball things. Do you believe in aliens? And if you do, how do you spot an alien? Because that's what I want to talk to you today about. How do you spot an alien? If there are aliens, how do you spot one? More importantly, are there aliens in this room? As I look around... For strangers, I think Rick called them. For people who don't belong, are there aliens in this room? Are you in fact an alien? One of the most influential things uh, that I read as a brand new Christian and a non-reader, a non-reader, when I be- when I became saved, uh, was this book Pilgrim's Progress. So many people read Pilgrim's Progress. Very old thing. Yeah, well, three or four old young people do not know what I'm talking about. It's a very, very old text by John Bunyan. It's centuries old, it's centuries old. Uh, I, of course, read it in today's uh, English version and uh, mine's so old that I read it in about 1970, ooh, maybe 73 and I've discovered this morning that the cover came off. So I bought it from some bookshop and it was the princely sum of 45p. What's 45p? How much is that? Can I have that translated into the modern idiom, please, from an older person? Not much. Three shillings or something. It doesn't cost much. But I was enamoured with the idea, the thing that, that, that in this book, as I read it, It's the story of a pilgrim going from one place to the celestial city to his eternal home and all the things that they encountered. And I understood from the outset of the Christian life that we are journeying through this world and we encounter many trials and many tribulations and many temptations, but we have an ultimate destiny. We have an ultimate place. We are pilgrims. Pilgrims are people that go on a journey to a sacred place. And that's what that book uh, initially uh, impressed me with. And I've had that framework of my Christian thinking ever since the outset, that we are just here on a temporary basis. And that we are passing through this world and we are going to our eternal home and at the same time alarmingly this man here larry norman somebody asked me rudely in the office was that a picture of me as a younger man <laughs> not far off it was it really it kind of looked a bit like that i thought it was trendy he thought it was trendy we were both wrong um, he released an album somewhere around about the same time called Only Visiting This Planet, and I met Larry Norman once. He was giving a lecture at the Conservatorium of Music. Can you believe it? How did that happen? My youth worker took me and other people that were interested in musical things. And around about this time, Only Visiting This Planet, he released this album that was on vinyl, which is now back in trend. hello, hello. what's going on? All old things are new again. And he released this, this album and he, all I remember by the way from his lecture at the Conservatory of Music was that in his first early performances, uh, they had no lighting so that they used to put a, just a, like a lamp, like a desk lamp in front of him which blinded him and blew him out to be about 45 times the size as a black shadow on the back wall. That's all I remember. I have no idea what else he told me about other than I think we had to be pretty good at what we did. But he gave this idea that we're only visiting this planet. And when we come across some of our texts, and I'm going to be referring to our texts a lot this morning, in Peter, Peter picks up this same theme. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. Keep your behaviour excellent. Amongst the Gentiles, that is the non-Jews, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good, good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. One of the things as I researched this passage is I became immediately aware that there are numerous translations of the words that were in this particular passage, and I just wanted to try to get the nuance correctly. Uh, so, what we're very blessed in our church to have Dr. Peter Bolt in our congregation, who is a long time lecturer in Greek and probably one of the great foremost uh, theological thinkers and certainly, certainly one of the great Greek experts on New Testament Greek. So, as I always do, when, course, at Bible college I may have majored in table tennis and not so much languages, I was young. I texted Peter and I said, what does it all mean? What are these words? Because they're variously translated. Aliens, strangers, foreigners, sojourners, uh, temporary residents, pilgrims, exiles, refugees. All those words are used in these translations. So I said, I'm going to go to the font of all wisdom. So Peter, I just texted him and he texts me back with what the Bible actually says. Isn't that helpful? <laughs> now, what he, he, he tells me as I'm trying to move this thing on, yeah, oh, well, I've gone too far. There we go, back again. This word alien or foreigner or stranger, he says that the word here literally means the idea here is to dwell alongside someone from a foreign country, uh, move in there and sort of dwell alongside them, but you're not really of them. You're a foreigner, especially one who is not naturalized. So you go and live in a country, you're there, You're amongst people, but you're really not the same as them. It's a little bit similar to what Rick was saying here today, but it's it's an ongoing situation. You live in a place where you are a non-native, you are a visitor or a stranger. And I said, what about the other word? Because there are two Greek words used here, which I can't really pronounce, but Peter can fluently, apparently. He said this word here, stranger, also translated as sojourner, temporary resident, pilgrim, exile and refugee. He says the best way to understand this idea is it's like having a temporary visitor's visa. We dwell alongside people but we're only here and and the emphasis here is that we're only here for a short time. And friends, this is how the Bible describes us. We're all temporary residents on earth. We dwell amongst people that don't honour God. We dwell amongst people that don't follow Jesus. We are on a journey. We are here for a season, but we're not here forever. There's this idea of passing through. And a pilgrim is a person who journeys to a sacred place for religious reasons, a traveller or a worshipper. Brothers and sisters, we're pilgrims. Brothers and sisters, we're aliens. Brothers and sisters, we are on a journey while we live in this place. This is not our destiny. Hallelujah. Is there not a greater destiny ahead of us? Is there not a place of dwelling with the living God? Will you not spend eternity with Jesus? Will the time you spend on this earth, even if it's a long season, be so microscopically short compared to the eternity that you will spend with him? We are here for a fraction of a second in terms of the world's history, but we will dwell forever with the Lord God. Our destiny is the celestial city. We are on a pilgrimage. We are wandering through this land. We are heading to another place. We are temporary residents. We are visitors in this place. And I love that as Peter um, wrestles with this, he gives us this great text in the previous chapter. In chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Since you call on a father, and I'm reading from a translation known as the Berean Study Bible, since you call on a father who Judges each man, man's work impartially, live your lives in reverent fear during what? During your temporary stay on earth. Do you think about that much? Do you think about that often? Or have you made earth your home? Is this the only place you ever think about? It's so microscopically passing. That we have a greater destiny and a greater calling. I tell you what, as we grapple with this and understand it, it changes the way we think. In our Hebrews reference at the end of verse 13, it says that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. It's talking about the heroes of faith. They understood it. They got it. They they knew that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Yes, they were born on earth. Yes, that they lived in amongst the people. And then in verse 15 it says, if they had been thinking of the country that they had left because they were on a journey, if they were thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. That's us. Do we want to return to a life without God? Do we want to return to a life without hope? Do we want to return to a life that's got no eternal destiny? We have a great destiny laid before us. We have a great home laid before us. This is, this is, uh, as we look at this, what does that mean? How do we live that way? Well, if we look at this 2 Peter reference that we've got on the screen and in our news sheets... It says here, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Keep your behaviour excellent amongst the Gentiles so that in the thing which they slander you as evil doers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God in the day of visitation the day when Jesus returns. So what do we know about, what does it mean to live as aliens, to live as pilgrims, as people on temporary residency visas but passing through to a greater place? Well, aliens know this. Number one, they know that they are temporary citizens. They know that this residency on earth is not lasting. Number two is that they abstain from what they know is wrong. Look what it says there. Keep your behaviour excellent. It says in the previous verse, abstain from fleshly lusts. So aliens, how do you spot an alien? Well, an alien knows that they are a temporary resident on earth. An alien makes every endeavour to abstain from those things that they know is wrong. Aliens know that they strive to live lives that are impressive so strong is their witness and example by behaviour that other people are compelled to seek out God. Look what it says there. Keep your behaviour excellent amongst the Gentiles so that in the thing which they slander you as evildoers, so they're being, the people that Peter is writing to are being attacked for their faith. They may be cause of your good deeds as they observe them do what? What's the next two words? Glorify God that aliens know that we are to live in such ways, such an impact, such an impressive way that when people watch what we do, they hear what we say, they observe what we do, they are drawn towards God. The hope of every alien living on earth is they live such a light that it shines a compelling light on others, that they would be drawn to Christ, that they would come to know Christ so that when the day that Jesus returns, instead of being estranged from him, they'll be friends of Jesus and it happens because of the powerful influence life that we live here on our temporary stay in this place so they know they're temporary they abstain from what's wrong they live impressive God directing lives and above all they desperately want people to come to Jesus and Jesus knows this tension that we don't really belong here another way that you can spot an alien is they know they don't feel fully at home here on earth Here's attention for us, uh, because the earth's not a bad place. I mean, there are things that, it, well, it's a fallen place, it's a fractured place, it's a broken place, it's a painful place. But in some ways, it's a wonderful, beautiful place. God's thumbprint is still on His creation, yeah? His thumbprint. You can see that, the fingerprints of God over everything. He made this world beautiful. He made us perfect, made us in His image. So that we live in this This tension that the, you know, we live on earth, it's great, it's still like God, but that we know that there's a world order that is a gas god. We don't feel fully at home because we're aware that the values and beliefs that we live by are so foreign, so foreign to governments and others around us that they just don't get it. So Jesus says to his disciples, trying them to get to understand their relationship with the world. I've given them your word, he he prays, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I do not ask that you'll take them out of the world. That's important principle. We're not to retreat. But to keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world, but sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So aliens know that they don't feel fully at home here, but they know they're on a mission. Do you understand that? Do you sense that? Do you understand that you're on a mission, that you've been sent here by God to live such a persuasive life that other people, as they see your good things, And the way that we encounter other people may be drawn to God, to ask the God questions. So they know they're not fully at home. That's one of the signs of an alien. Here's another sign of an alien, is that they're conscious of their eternal home. They remind themselves, I believe it's got to be deliberate. I get so caught up in what I've got to do this week, this day, this month, this year, that I need to actually force myself to stop and think, and remind myself that I'm a pilgrim on a journey. What about you? Is it just me that struggles with that? I just get so embedded in what I'm doing that, you know, as I read Colossians, I'm thinking, wow, do I do I do this? Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Do I do that? I think I struggle. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are earth. I'm going to try to, we're trying to move some real estate down in, um, in Victoria to relocate to something and put an investment in a warmer climate at the moment. Well, my thing's on earth. My, you know, my focus is on tradesmen. Who's a painter? Who's a, can I find a carpenter? Who's going to do this? I need a gardener and all those kinds of things. I'm rattling around in all my spare time. Trying to get an old weatherboard home ready for sale so that, you know, I'm finding this is a real tension. As I preach this sermon, my brain is in house preparation mode. And it's hard. And so in Philippians 3, um, 20 to 21, I'm reminded to, I'm reminded that ultimately my citizenship is in heaven. I am on a temporary residence visa. We eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by his power that enables everything to be under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they'll be like his glorious body. Uh, Aliens know, here's another point about an alien, they know that their wealth is not their worth. They identify that their worth is not in their wealth. Because Jesus said to them, watch out, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of grief because life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. It's not the name of the game. So aliens know a few things. They know that that, that money is a wonderful servant but a lousy master. They love people and not things. They use things and not people.